What's up, chicken butts? <laughs> That's how my kids say good morning to me. So hi, and welcome to the Brown Family Morning. <laughs> Ladies, today we're unpacking this question. Do I have a healthy relationship with food? This is a question I ask people on the daily. My journey to my career was actually triggered by this question, which at the time the answer was no. <laughs> but insert all that nutrition knowledge, and here I am today, a dietitian. But now my career is built around helping women answer this question. But I recognize this isn't a question people ask and dissect themselves on the daily like this is just my world (laughs) so it's kind of like when my best friend the other day she came over and she took off her shoes and I looked at her and I was like uh why are you taking off your shoes (laughs) girls my best friend is a crazy clean freak and I say crazy because I am not (laughs) like I can eat lunch on her garage floor and she assumes others are like this she's so sweet she always comes over and she takes off her shoes when she gets to my house which I think is hilarious because I wear shoes in my house because I don't want my feet touching my floor. (laughs) Judge me if you want, but I live with three farty boys, a German shepherd who, if you haven't heard, may also be referred to as German shedder because they shed like crazy. And this tiny little three pound old lady Yorkie named Lulu. She's my firstborn. I love her with all my heart, but she is a tiny turd that thinks she can pee wherever she wants. (laughs) My aunt, she's this incredibly knowledgeable dog trainer and she tried to warn me about Yorkies, but being the pain in the butt that I am, I did what I wanted anyways. (laughs) And as a result, I wear shoes in my house. (laughs) All this to say, my best friend taking off her shoes in my house is foreign to me because this is something that is normal to her in her world because her floors are clean, but not in mine. What is natural and expected to her takes some extra effort in my world. And I recognize this is the same for y'all. I spend all day, every day talking about food, unpacking food, dissecting our relationship with food, and you don't. Like you all are out there crushing life in other ways. You're momming it so hard. You're accountants. You're baristas. I mean, you guys are doing incredible things. And it's my job to help you get the food stuff cleared up in this 20 to 30 minute show. (laughs) The thing about food is that while you don't necessarily build your careers around it, we do build our lives around it. And an unhealthy relationship with food can be like uh, driving a car without a radiator. So today I've got three questions you can ask yourself to see if you have an unhealthy relationship with food or a salty relationship with food. Don't worry, by the end of this, if you're like, crap, Jess, I don't have a good relationship with food, help. I got quick tips for you. So we're going to unpack it. This is an important one because too many of us stay in a bad relationship with food. Also, who else is guilty of being in a bad relationship in general for too long? So we may have done it with our boyfriends, but we're not going to do it with food. Because when we stay in that negative relationship with food, it steals our awesome. It can lead to binge eating on Monday night because we already blew our diet. So who cares? Or it can lead to skipping meals because we are too busy. Or it can just leave us not caring about what we eat because we are perfectionists and we can't get it right. So why try? Not today. We are doing better. We're doing more. We are taking care of our bodies. Y'all are too awesome not to. Hey friends, I just wanted to hop on here real quick and say thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your reviews. Thank you for sharing this podcast. Thank you for purchasing products off my website. Thank you for buying supplements through my online dispensary. Thank you for the messages telling me how this has impacted your life. All of that, it keeps me going. It allows me to continue bringing you guys free content, which I absolutely love to do. There's really nothing I love more than coming in here in my closet. I'm 
next to all my favorite shoes <laughs> and talking to you guys. It means the world to me that this podcast gets to be a catalyst for you guys changing your lives and by you leaving me reviews, sharing this, sharing it with your friends, supporting the products that support this podcast, it just, it means a lot to me. So I wanted to say thank you. Thank you guys for sharing your inner awesome with me and know that I am super grateful. ladies, my name is Hannah and I've been struggling with my weight and body image for basically as long as I can remember. I've also always struggled with just not feeling worthy. I've been going to Jess Brown as a registered dietitian for a while now and Jess has been an incredible advocate for me. Not only has she helped me to feel worthy, but Jess also helped me to understand that health is achievable even if weight loss isn't the right answer for me. And that is such a transformational idea. She's helped me to learn about health at every size and how to live in a healthy body that may not meet the society ideals of what that should look like. So I'm just so grateful to Jess, and I definitely encourage you to give her methods a try. She has a wealth of information, and she's really amazing at helping you break it down and just start with what is manageable, which is such a great tool rather than trying to jump into an overwhelming health program that you just can't stick with. Thank you, Jess, and I wish you all well on your health journey. All right, here we go. Do I have a healthy relationship with food? I got three questions for you, and we are going to dive right in. Number one, how different do your weekends look compared to your weekdays? Now, of course, you're going to have some obvious differences. So like, for example, I tend to eat out more on the weekends. I'm so dang busy during the week. By the time Friday rolls around, I I pretty much go on strike. Like I'm not walking into my kitchen. I'm not doing the dishes. I'm not getting anything out. Like, no, I'm just not doing it. I want to go somewhere. I want to choose from a menu. I want to be served. And I absolutely do not want to clean up. (laughs) I'm happy to tip the lovely waiters and waitresses who spoil me on Friday nights, but I'm not doing it. So I'm not necessarily talking about that because there are going to be obvious differences. But the parts I want you to look at are not necessarily what you eat, but how you eat. So how does what you eat on the weekend look different, if at all, from the week days and how dramatically different is it? This is where we can test our empowered eating skills because if you have a healthy relationship with food, your weekend eating, it actually doesn't look all that different. Even though you might be eating some atypical foods, how you eat them doesn't stray too far from how you eat during the week. So for example, I love me something called ninja nachos because these are sushi nachos. It's like they took the best of two worlds. Sushi, I'm such a sushi freak and nachos (laughs) and put them into one they're these wonton nachos covered with all this delicious Ugh! if you're (laughs) if you're not a sushi fan I totally lost you and you're like ew gross but anyways (laughs) I love ninja nachos but when I order them I eat with the same intentionality and presenteeism that I would on any given you know like Tuesday or Thursday (laughs) and let me tell you a little secret about being an empowered eater when you eat some of your favorite foods on Fridays They taste delish, but if you overeat them or you combine them with alcohol or you skip all your veggies, you're an empowered eater. You're tuned into your biofeedback. So guess what? You feel like crap and you know it. (laughs) You also don't sleep as well and you pick up on that. So while I may order things like Ninja Nachos and I thoroughly enjoy them (laughs) on the weekends, 
I tend to still pay attention to other things like hydration. I tune into my satiety cues so I know when to stop instead of like just eating all the nachos and then the dessert and then all the margaritas. (laughs) Like I do it in moderation and I've even snuck in fruits and veggies where I can. So when I go places and order things like Ninja Nachos, it's not like I'm saying, oh, can you bring me a side salad? Because that's just weird. Like salads don't go with sushi nachos. (laughs) But I may think before I go out about giving myself some solid nutrition so that I don't feel so icky. (laughs) I've done things like sneak in a smoothie before I go out. I'm a huge fan of like throwing frozen fruit, some frozen greens and water and just blending it. I like to drink my fruits and veggies. That's just me. You guys know this. I'm a drinker. I don't. Chewing salad is like exhausting to me. It takes a lot of time (laughs) and a strong jaw, which I don't have. (laughs) But I'll blend that up real quick and have this like juice on the way out. So I'm giving myself some nutrition so that throughout the course, of the night, I'm not totally nutritionally void. Like I can take the food, the fun food and enjoy it, but I still gave my body that quality nutrition. So does how you eat look different on the weekend compared to the weekday? If the answer is, oh, it looks really different. That's going to be one indicator that maybe our relationship with food is stuck in like this all or nothing space or this black or white place that where we're swinging the pendulum one side to the other and we've got some work to do. All right, number two, can you consume a food without binging or feeling guilty? Can you eat that donut without a side of guilt? In other words, does the all or nothing mentality dominate your relationship with food? I so often hear things like, I can't eat that candy because I go crazy. I can't eat chocolate because I will binge it. I can't eat ice cream because I can't stop. Like if I get the carton, the whole carton's gone. (laughs) Guys, if you relate to any of that, chances are we need to unpack some of your relationship with food and rebuild it. And since we can't break up with food, like, you know, I could break up with my ex because he was a jerk. (laughs) I can't break up with ice cream. We can't never be around candy or pizza or cake. I mean, I guess you could, but that sounds boring. Like you're never going to go to a kid's birthday party. I love kids birthday parties. Am I alone in that? I mean, I know a lot of people are like, oh, another kid birthday party. I think they're so fun. I mean, there's cake and there's ice cream. There's just this innocence and joy. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) But it's like those things are going to be around us at some point or another. So we need to learn how to have power over those foods instead of those foods having power over us. This is why I stand so firmly on the philosophy that all foods fit into any diet, any of them. Instead of having this good or bad food list, like let's create a different list. I like to create an I feel energized food list and then create an I love these foods, but I don't feel energized food list. (laughs) Or I love these foods, but I don't feel energized. So I have to be on point with my mindful eating game when I eat these foods list. (laughs) How's that for a header on a food list? (laughs) I just don't want you guys to miss anything. So if you're stuck in that good or bad food list, let's do some reframing and create these new categories of food because really if we eat ice cream is that bad like if I take my kid out on an ice cream date which I'm totally doing here in a couple hours because he's off school today and we are gonna go and get some white chocolate wonderful with all the sprinkles and I like brownies in mine you know how like you get I'm like let's create a Ben and Jerry's ice cream dish on our own with all my favorite things and then I'm gonna pick it yeah I just love it obviously (laughs) but is that bad like why is that bad this good and bad food list has to go now do I eat ice cream for dinner on the regular no like I eat my salads guys I just told you I blend smoothies before I go eat ninja nachos so it's all about the balance and how we're consuming these foods in our lives but keeping these foods on a good or bad food list sets us up to feel guilty it sets us up to have these foods with either a side of guilt or binging them. So let's create new lists. 
then we have to do the scary hard work, which is actually eating the food. (laughs) But let me give you some insight as to why eating some of these scary foods, which may not be like super nutrient dense, is actually really, really good for us. The research is very clear that restriction of any food is very likely to lead to binging. So this is true in like the overarching nutrition sense. If you restrict on total calories, you're more likely to binge on calories. And then it's also true for specific foods. If you restrict on cookies, you are more likely to binge on cookies when you have them. Guys, I see this so true in kids, which is why I think most of you would be shocked if you saw my pantry. (laughs) I allow my kids to eat. Like, I don't have a good or bad food list, and I live by that. We have the Oreos. We got the candy jar. We got chocolate. We got it all next to the apples, bananas, and celery. They don't eat celery but they eat apples and bananas. (laughs) I'm working on the celery because I know if I don't make a food permissible, they are going to go over to their Auntie B's house and they're going to go straight to the pantry and they're going to binge on those Oreos. (laughs) There's a ton of research out there that's reinforcing this. And I see it in the teens I work with who have eating disorders, kids who come from families that have very rigid, good or bad food lists. They struggle with those bad foods. They struggle eating those bad foods in moderation. So I'm going to teach that firsthand in my home. So mamas out there who are allowing your kids to have candy and ice cream and feeling guilty because like it's too much sugar you know can't believe you're feeding that to your kids there's so much mom guilt stop the mom guilt everyone stop it I want you to check that guilt at the door instead focus your energy on providing all the foods fruits veggies proteins whole grains candy oreos and then do your kids a solid and ask them how they feel after eating some of those high sugar foods because kids are smart They are so much more in tune with our bodies than we are. Yes, I know they love the sparkly things like Happy Meals and Sprinkles. But when it comes to being in their bodies, they're so much better at it than we are. Let me tell you a little story. I took my son to Chick-fil-A the other day and we got a milkshake. And when I get a milkshake, I do split it in two between my two sons and I let them have it. Well, in this particular case, my youngest was asleep and my oldest was awake. So he said, hey, mama, can I get the milkshake? course I got him a milkshake he's got his nugs he's got his protein but he's also got his dessert his milkshake so instead of splitting it because my youngest was asleep I just said here you go brew I want you to go ahead and drink this I just handed it back to him without really thinking well being a kid and (laughs) overcome with the joy of the milkshake which I think we all do right (laughs) they're so delicious he downed that whole shake I turned around and I'm like oh dude you didn't save any for your brother And his little face, he's like, oh, mama, I should have. And I go, why? He goes, I drank that way too fast and I drank way too much. I do not feel good. (laughs) So instead of shaming him, I just said, okay, well, what's your lesson learned? He goes, next time, I think I should split the milkshake. I mean, this kid, he was five at the time. And here he is living out a perfect example of intuitive eating. It's like, okay, instead of judging it, just like feel it. I feel icky. And I'm just not going to do it again next time. And then he ate his chicken nuggets and he had a nap and then he was fine. And to this day, he doesn't drink a whole Chick-fil-A milkshake because he knows, he remembers that. So trust that our bodies can give us that biofeedback on what is good or bad for us, not this good or bad food list that has been indoctrinated in us from diet culture. (laughs) So if you are married to a good or bad food list, girls, we got some work to do. All right, number three, numero tres. Take inventory of the food rules, guidelines, the patterns you follow when you eat and ask yourself, do I know why I eat this way? Do I understand why I've chosen this to be my pattern? One of my favorite Jimmy Kimmel clips is this segment where he asks people on the street a question and he has one in particular entitled, do you eat gluten? I'm going to link it in the show notes because it is hilarious. He recorded the answers and guys, 
it's just, it's pretty enlightening as to how we fall so easily victim to diet culture lies. He asked people, do you eat gluten? People were so quick to respond. Nope, absolutely not. And then he would ask the follow-up questions, which were, do you know what gluten is and why don't you eat gluten? People didn't know how to answer. They were so quick and like so strong and bold and saying, no, I don't eat gluten. That's gross. That's crap. That's not good for my body. I don't eat that. But then when he asked what it is, the responses were like, uh, I think it's like in bread. So yeah, I don't eat breads. And when he asked, why don't you eat gluten? There were responses like, well, my roommate's friend read a book and said it wasn't good for you. So like, I just don't. Girls, we're so much more educated than that. Now, I'm not here to debate whether or not gluten is healthy or not, because really that is so individualized. But if you have some food patterns and don't have a solid science-backed, biofeedback-supported, and or values-based reason as to why, you need to rewrite those rules, girly. So I'm going to give you an example. Take my my sweet friend. She allowed me to share this story because I just think it's such a cool testimony. So she's young, super healthy, really into taking care of herself. But she read somewhere or somewhere along the way, heard that dairy isn't good for you. It's not, quote, healthy. Now, she also has a family history and is genetically prone to kidney stones. So here she is thinking she's taking care of herself, not really knowing about nutrition and how it's linked to kidney stones, which why would she? I mean, she studies epidemiology. She doesn't work on nutrition, but she read it somewhere along the way that dairy's not healthy. So she followed that. Well, doctors were tracking her kidney stones and found that they literally went from three millimeters to six millimeters. And now she's looking at surgery. They sent her to a dietitian because they said, we got to get some of your nutrition adjusted so that you don't continue to grow these kidney stones. She met with a dietitian and guess what she found out? Guess what they recommended? to eat dairy. Because you see, if you're genetically predispositioned to develop kidney stones, specifically calcium oxalate stones, then eating dairy is actually wonderful because the concentrated calcium in dairy can bind to oxalates in food before it even gets to the kidney. So it actually helps her. So what was deemed like unhealthy in the diet industry and Instagram in the blog world, this umbrella statement that was stated and she took on because she thought, you know, I'm going to take better care of myself and I'm going to just cut out dairy actually was very harmful to her and it put her at higher risk for surgery. So now when she makes her morning smoothie with spinach, which is high in oxalates, she now adds milk because the calcium in the milk binds with oxalates and spinach and helps her body prevent growing the kidney stones or further developing them. So again, this is why diet culture is not your friend. Nutrition information is really helpful, but you got to funnel it through your own stuff. You got to funnel it through your own genetics, your circumstance, your lifestyle, Getting nutrition advice from a medical provider, not the network of Instagram or TikTok, is far more beneficial for you. So take an inventory of those rules and get acquainted with why. Like, get curious. Why am I doing this? And guys, this is why dietitians have jobs. I mean, there is a reason we went to school for a long time. We had to get an internship. I have to pass a board examination. I have to do CEUs every year. There's a reason for that because it's not easy stuff. So talk with a medical provider, get with a dietitian, and get a better understanding of nutrition philosophies that are in alignment with you, your values, your genetics, instead of taking these major headlines and applying them to your own life. Okay, so to recap, we got three questions breaking down. Do you have a healthy relationship with food? Number one, does how you eat look different on the weekend compared to the weekday? Number two, can you consume a food without binging or feeling guilty? And number three, take inventory of the food rules, guidelines, and patterns you follow when you eat and ask yourself, do I know why I eat this way? 
Girls, just working through these questions creates an awareness and a space for change. You cannot change something if you don't know about it in the first place. So this is a really great place to start. Then if you want to dive deeper into this, girls, this is exactly what my e-course is doing, Food Foundations. We not only detox diet culture lies, but we get into the nitty gritty of nutrition. Y'all know I love that. We use the empowered eating model to inspire empowered eating in you. We get really clear on your values, how they align with your health, your habits. You got to know the why behind the how. You know what I mean? (laughs) We walk through reacquainting yourself with your hunger and satiety hormones and what to do if you are disconnected from them. And I set you up with a fuel plan. When all of these three areas overlap, girls, the stars align and you are an empowered eater. It's awesome. The best part is you are awesome. And getting these ducks in a row allows you to be even awesomer. That's a word, right? No, it's not. But we're going to make it awesome-er, awesome-ist. <laughs> You're going to be awesome-er. <laughs> Just like you stayed in that relationship with your high school boyfriend for way too long. He was mean. It was not helpful. It eclipsed your awesome. You can't stay in this bad relationship with food any longer. We got to fix it. You got to break up. And since we can't break up with food like we could with Johnny, we need to get acquainted with the relationship and rewrite it, restructure it, change the narrative, work with food, with our body instead of against it. All right, that's all I got for you wrapped up in a nice little bow i hope you all have a wonderful day cheers and happy like real true happy eating thank you so much for joining me today i hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body real quick sister before you go if you like today's episode the best way you can thank me is head on over to itunes fuel her awesome podcast leave a review and subscribe then take a screenshot and share it on your social media don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome, Food Foundations, my 10-step ebook on how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.